Hello and welcome to the Simple Classroom Podcast. My name is Stephanie Sutherland and I'm so excited that you're here. Guys, have you started packing up your classroom for summer yet? And if you have, have you run into some things in some cabinets that you're going, dang, I haven't used this in years, but will I need it next year? Should I keep it? As you're packing and you're stuffing those cabinets full of things, are you already feeling a little teensy bit of dread about the task of unpacking it because you have so much stuff to go through? If the clutter in your classroom makes your teaching even a tiny bit more difficult, I can help. And I don't want you to be doing it anymore. Today's post is all about some tips on how to go clutter-free in your classroom for good. And the spoiler is, in order to have a clutter-free classroom next year, you have to start the work now while you're packing up at the end of the year. So let's get started. So first, let's talk about why you should go clutter-free. What are the benefits? How does it help you? Um, On the surface, I think it's very appealing to everybody to have a neat and tidy classroom, but the chore of keeping your classroom neat and clean is a lot less appealing because, let me be real with you, it's work. No one accidentally just stumbles into having a tidy room. Teachers who maintain organized, streamlined rooms make choices every single day to keep their classrooms that way. The benefits, though, far outweigh this work. So if you're thinking, oh, I don't want to work every single day at having a tidy room, I promise you the good outweighs the bad. First, having less piles of clutter means knowing where everything is at all times. If you know where everything is, you save so much time while you're planning, prepping, and teaching. You know where that read aloud is. You know exactly where those watercolor paints are. Everything has a place so it's easy to find things on the fly when you need it, which does save you time. Second, a clutter-free classroom maximizes learning. When everything has a place and students can find what they need, then they don't need to rely on you as much to access the things that they need to keep their learning going. You move through lessons more smoothly. You transition from whole group to small group with ease because everything is where it's supposed to be and the kids can get what they need. You can be at your small group table and a kid can be doing an activity and realize that their glue stick has run out. They don't have to stop you and go, I need another glue stick. They can just go where the glue sticks are and get one. It saves you seconds of time, but those seconds of time or minutes added up over the course of the year where you're not stopping your teaching to address things that kids need because they can help themselves because you have a very student-friendly, organized, easily accessible classroom really adds up to the point where you will be thanking yourself for all of the time you're not spending dealing with things that kids need. So here are my tips. First, When you come across things as you're packing up your room, ask yourself, when will I use this? Items that you choose to keep in your room should be an easy yes. And I am running the risk of sounding very Marie Kondo-esque here. And I understand Marie Kondo recently just said, hey, I've got three kids and I no longer keep a neat house. (laughs) Motherhood changed everything for her. 
and I'm not here to pretend with you that teaching is like, oh, it's so easy to keep a neat classroom. But if you have stuff in your room that you've been hanging on to for years and you're looking at it like, why? Why have I kept this half-used bag of sand for a science experiment that we used to do, but they rewrote the science standards and I haven't done that experiment in years, but I keep hanging on to it. Why? Do you think sand will be very difficult to access if you need it again? Do you see some foreseeable reason why you're going to need sand next year? If it's not an easy yes, I think you should get rid of it. That's just, I mean, maybe a spicy take. But if you pick up an item and you know exactly when you will use that thing, keep it. Save yourself the stress and the money of having to rebuy it. Keep it, even if it's half used. If you know these finger paints have really been run through the ringer, but we're going to use them next year, so I'm going to store them. Like, do it. Extra pencils, extra glue sticks, easy yes. You know you'll use them. A box kit of versatiles that you always use for centers, easy yes. Don't get rid of it. But what about the items that give you pause? You pick up, like I said, that half-gallon bag of sand. Maybe you'll use it again one day. Maybe not. So if you're looking at it, you're going, I could see some obscure reason why I might need this, but like maybe not. It's been in here for three years. Then it's time to ask yourself another question. Is this easy? Is this item easy and affordable to obtain if I decide that I need it again? So if it's something that is very cheap, to the point where asking a parent or your school or yourself to get it again, if the need arises, is not going to be a painful thing or a difficult thing, then bless and release. Um, the thought of getting rid of something only to maybe have to repurchase it again one day can be really difficult for some people. I get it. As a first year teacher, I moved into a classroom where the teacher before me had blessed me with so many almost empty bags of gravel, sand, salt, soil, etc., that I genuinely did not know what to do with it all. I had a cabinet under my sink full of all of these things. And when I saw it, I thought, oh, these materials must be like necessary for something that we're going to do in science this year. But the thing was, she hadn't left me enough of any of those items to actually use for any one lesson. Like it was an almost completely empty bag of soil. It didn't do me a lot of good. I couldn't use that soil when the time came. I couldn't use this in. I didn't have enough. I had to buy more anyways. And instead of just getting rid of it and leaving an empty cabinet for the overwhelming number of tissue boxes I had from school supplies, I had this cabinet completely full of just half used, almost empty bags of things that were not that inexpensive. And honestly, my school offered to buy them for me when the time came anyways. So you have to ask yourself some questions about Will my school provide funds to buy these things? Um, Will parents be willing to buy these things if I need them? Is it easy to get? If the answer to all those questions is yes, and you're not even sure if you'll need it next year anyways, I'm going to say get rid of it. Free up the space. If the answer to any of those questions is this is not easy to buy again, this is actually really difficult to get and any little bit would help, then maybe keep it or find a teacher who really needs that resource right now so you can make sure that they are getting good use. Another personal example of that is when I was cleaning out my cubby room one year, I found this box filled with very nice glass thermometers. It was a full class set. I did not want to just trash them. Like they were nice. They were glass. They had the red mercury inside that would rise and you would read the temperature. 
but I couldn't think of a way to justify keeping them because we didn't teach anything with weather or temperature or anything in second grade science. Like, I'm not even sure why those thermometers were in there because I couldn't think of a time in history when anyone ever had. I hadn't bought them. I didn't know where they came from, but they were there and they were really, really nice. So I emailed out to the staff to see if there was anyone who could make use of them. And there was a teacher who was like, yes, we were short thermometers this year and we teach a unit where the kids have to take temperatures of different things for weather or something. I'm not entirely sure, but they need to like be able to hold and use a thermometer as one of the standards as like a science tool. So she took the case from me and she said, if the standards ever shifted again and that standard came back to second grade, then she'd be happy to just like give them back. But they didn't go to waste and they didn't take up space in my cubby room. So it was a win for everybody. If you're a teacher, chances are good that you have had parents ask you what their children should be working on over the summer. And if you're a teacher, chances are good that you have just said, please just have them read. Read, read, read. Read every day. Read for fun. Read together. Read alone. Listen to audiobooks. Any form of reading counts because it boosts metacognitive skills. And what do metacognitive skills do if kids are thinking about a story as they are reading it and they're asking questions and they're tracking the story and making sure they understand it? That translates to every other subject area ever. Kids with strong reading skills statistically are more successful in every other subject area throughout the lifetime of their school career. So how can we incentivize these kids to read more over the summer? I recommend a summer reading adventure kit. The Simple Classroom is bringing to you this summer a printable summer reading adventure kit that makes reading fun for students or for the parent that's too busy and they just want a box shipped to them with the adventure all packaged up for them, they can buy a physical reading adventure kit that will be shipped to their house and give their students the summer of reading fun that they've always wanted. Check out the link in the show notes to grab your summer reading adventure kit today. My second tip is to give everything a place. As you are packing things up, place things that go inside cabinets and drawers exactly where you want to keep them next year. If you have a drawer that is solely for excess expo markers and glue sticks, then keep it that way. Be consistent with it next year. It makes it easy for you to find things in the coming years. If you just kind of designate, like, this is where I keep my cardstock. This is where I keep my notebook paper. This is where I keep my books. This is where I keep my teacher's manuals. This is where I keep my math manipulatives. Assign everything a spot and keep it there. Um, it will make your planning and prep life so much easier next year when everything is where it's always supposed to be. My final tip is as you are cleaning, get the students involved with doing all of the mundane jobs that you don't really want to do. One of my favorites is marker tester. If you are like, I have so many markers, dry erase markers, Crayola markers, permanent markers, Sharpies, flare pens, ink joy pens, so many writing utensils that involve ink. And I've accumulated so many and I know that at least half of them are dried out and I don't need them anymore, get your kids in on testing them. Sit them down with a bin and be like, open each cap, draw a line on a piece of paper or a whiteboard or whatever. If it works well, 
put the cap on nice and tight, put it in this box. If it doesn't, put it in this box for me to find a way to recycle them because I know there are programs through Crayola. Sometimes art teachers have ways of like reusing, recycling crayons and markers and things like that. So maybe don't trash it if that's important to you. Um, and just put it in a big Ziploc bag and be like, these are all the dry down ones. What can we do? Right? Figure out something to do with them, but don't keep them in that bin for your kids to just filter through all year long and be like, I need a black, but all the blacks are dried out. Just get rid of the ones, get them out of your space, the ones that you know you can't use. I also love um, the book sorter, the kids that are going to go through and write my name inside each book so that all of the new books I've acquired all year have my name in them. They're going to sort them by genre or however you sort your classroom library and pack them up for the next year love all of the end of year student jobs. I have job cards with job descriptions on them for end of year cleanup. I will link those in the show notes. I also have a free make next year simpler checklist of things that you can do at the end of the year to set yourself up for success next year and make your classroom nice and streamlined and organized before you even leave so that what you can do is enjoy your summer for real. You can leave, you can, um, make the most of your time and you can know my classroom is clean. It is not full of clutter. Everything that is in that classroom is stuff that I'm going to need for next year that I'm going to use. I know where it all is. So when I come back to unpack next year, it's going to be breezy because everything in there is stuff that I actually need. I'm not filtering through and rummaging through my cabinet, pushing past things I haven't used in years to like find the things that I actually need. And that would be my wish for you, that you have a clean, organized classroom all year long to make your teaching life just a little bit simpler than it was before. All right, guys, that's all I have for you today. I hope you have a great week with your students, and I will talk to you next time.